This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're, you're, you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. The boys are back in town. Nick Wilson, Spencer German. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Uh, just a reminder, please make sure to rate, follow, and subscribe to the Sons of the Shoe podcast everywhere you get your podcast. want to thank everybody. The uh, Michigan postgame show was our most viewed postgame show we've had to this point and our most viewed show. We appreciate the love and support out of you guys. We, we actually went through and read a bunch of uh, your YouTube comments and kind of interacted there. So if you uh, interacted, you didn't see it, let us know because we were having some fun there. But uh, Spencer, we are we are now several days removed from the Michigan loss, and I just want to start here. I know we got a lot to get into today, but has has the rage, has the anger, has the disappointment simmered down for you at all? No, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly think it's worse. Um, I, here, here's why, and and I'll I'll tell you like. The last two years, the last two years sucked of losing when Ohio State was favored and all these different things. But I honestly think because those games turned into blowouts and they weren't as close, I almost can I almost was able to get over them and like look back and be like, what are you gonna do? And just laugh about it, like, oh ha, ha. yeah, they got us. Yeah, you know, they really dropped the ball on that one. But this one hurts more because there's so many little moments that you that I that keep popping up on my on my Twitter feed where I'm like if that goes differently maybe they win the game if this goes differently maybe they win the game like I I've, I've honestly like I usually go back and sometimes watch these games again too just to like you know get it get it out of my system I I I can't go back and watch this one right now I don't know if I'll ever go back and watch it but this one still hurts like yeah I I keep seeing the the interception the Kyle McCord interception that sealed the game pop up on my my feed and you realize, I saw like a still frame where it was like, if he gets this ball, if he doesn't, if, if the if the pressure doesn't get to him, if if uh, Jackson, I think was the the lineman that let him through, that let the the pass rusher through, if he holds up just a a second longer, um, like I I think he probably gets it to Marvin Harrison Jr. and I honestly think he breaks it for a touchdown because there was like nobody even in the vicinity. Like he would have turned it up field and had a good shot at scoring. I just like, it's just the little things like that that are just driving me insane. Several days later when you realize how close this one actually was. And that's the other part of it too, was those other games. Yeah. Ohio state was favored. They probably should have won all these different things. This one, it was like resoundingly Michigan was the favorite coming in from Vegas and all this, all these different things. Everybody assumed that Michigan was just the outright better team all season. They were going to boat race Ohio State. 
And Ohio State hadn't really played anybody. That's what they they kept trying to use that argument the same way we were using it against Michigan, and it ended up being basically a very evenly matched game that came down to just a few moments here and there. Like that that infuriates me more than anything. So I actually feel worse about it than I did on on Saturday. <laughs> For a lot of the reasons you just said, I actually feel better about the loss. Like, listen, it, it's a kick in the balls. There's just no other way around it, and like. I just think I acknowledge that there's no way I'll ever fully accept a loss to Michigan in the same way that I don't think a Michigan fan accepts it, whether it's a 50 point loss or a, you know, one point loss. So I think the reality is it's a kick in the pants and I don't like it, but like, I think, I think the fact it was such a close game tells you how evenly matched these teams were. I actually think that should bode well for Ohio State's playoff chances. I know ESPN has them at like a 50% playoff chance. And I just, there's something weird, and we'll get into this more in the show. There's also something weird that I think there just might be a really good chance this is the year we get the Ohio State-Michigan national title game, assuming that Ohio State's won and Georgia, <laughs> you have to go through Georgia again to yeah. get there. Yeah. But like, it, this would be the year that it happens, given all the insane crap that happened off the field. But overall, like, it was like three moments in that game that lost the game. The blame doesn't change, but like, I, I think if you're Ohio State, I think you have to look at this and say they were they they were the more highly thought of team going into this game. They were the favorite they were a significant favorite and they had the better quarterback. And honestly, he had a chance to go down and win the game at the very last drive. Like that's really like all you can ask. So I, I think if these two teams played again, I don't think it's a guarantee that Michigan wins, especially in the idea of like a neutral site playoff. So like, yeah, it sucks. And it, like it, I, all the conversations we're having on Ryan day, all the conversations we're having at, at the, the Ohio state program in general are still valid but like, I think I think the closeness and and how evenly matched it felt, and how much it really is. Like, if you take, if if Kyle McCord doesn't throw that that interception early in the game, guys, I think they win. Like, it's as simple as yeah. your quarterback had two boneheaded turnovers, and that's what happens when you yeah. when your quarterback turns it over twice, their quarterback doesn't, and the idea was still a, a what a one a one score game. Yeah, and you had a chance late in that game. So I I do feel I feel. I still feel crappy about it, but I don't feel as crappy. I don't feel as the sky is falling, which I think does make me the anomaly because I have heard a lot, both in Columbus, in Cleveland, on our station, just, you know, the nebulous social media Buckeye crowd that it sure feels like everybody feels like the sky is falling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the sky is falling. Like Ohio State, I, I wouldn't say I feel, like when I say I feel worse about it, I'm not looking at it as like, it's all over, Ohio State's garbage, it, it's, it's it's all downhill from here. Listen, they're, they're number two in uh, in terms of recruiting classes coming in next year. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, I'll, I'll get over it eventually. You'll start next season considered a, a heavy favorite in most games again, and maybe even the Michigan game because they're going to lose a whole bunch of people. They have so many guys who are seniors or grad students or whatever that are going to be graduating or not even graduating, but just moving on or going to the NFL in general. So yeah, like I, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. I, I tell myself that, but I, I just think you're right. Like the fact that they're the, 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 to me, the losses where there are just a few moments are always harder than the ones where it's just like a blowout and you can kind of look back and laugh on it. And, and, and to point it. Yeah. The interception early in the game, I think that was 
that's obviously a big key moment that changed because now you're playing from behind rather than playing from ahead. Like that, that you wanted to put Michigan kind of on their heels and make them play play from behind. You didn't you didn't do that. That set you back. Um, the I guess some people maybe argue the touchdown interception controversy thing. We all, we both agreed it was a touchdown, but that's maybe a play that gets thrown in there. I think the end of the half, Ryan Day basically puckering up and and, and not going for an easier field goal, almost treating it like he's in the NFL and he has a kicker that's going to nail a 52-yarder. That was bizarre. I actually honestly think, too, Nick, if you want to go back to even the first drive of the game, not going for it on fourth and one, which this was another painful thing I saw on my Twitter feed, by the way, that apparently Xavier Johnson on the play that ended it short on that that exact drive, uh, short of the first down, he had, his knee actually wasn't down. So he actually reached the first down marker, but the refs spotted him short. So that one stung because then it was like, well, then that's a whole different drive that you're talking about in the opening drive of the game. But I even thought in that moment, like we talked about it on Saturday, man. Ryan Day says he's going to be aggressive and you had a chance to be aggressive right out of the gate and go for it. And I get it. Like you're, you don't want to chase things early or whatever, but I, I thought that was a way to set the tone. He didn't do it. Like, and then the interception at the end of the game. So I don't know. It, it, it stings. It hurts. I will say this as we sort of, you know, pivot a little bit here. One thing I have come to terms with over the last couple of days from our conversation Saturday and beyond is just, I've had to kind of look myself in the mirror and realize why I think I'm torn on whether or not Ryan days, the, the right man for the job or not. And I mm-hmm. think it solely comes down to, I, we all keep saying Ohio state can get any coach they want and it's it, it, you can get a coach who's going to do the same thing Ryan Day's doing, win you a bunch of game and games in the Big Ten, but lose the game to Michigan. But the problem is, like we laid out, you're looking for that coach that's going to give you that 7% that Ryan Day isn't giving you. He's giving you 93% of what you want. Where's that other 7 coming from? And if it, 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 like I worry that they're not going to find that coach, and then you're doing the same thing over and over again. And we know like this is this game is all about recruiting. Like you don't want to see people like Brian Hartline leave because what does that mean for your recruiting? You want to you don't want to see people like Larry Johnson leave because what does that do for recruiting? And I'm just I, I truly am living in my fears with the with the whole thing, where I'm like, yes, I understand where there's concern about Ryan Day at this point, and there's valid reasons to say it's time to move on from him, as as much as there's reasons to to argue that he probably isn't going to get moved on from. Um, but I also like I, I worry if Ohio state makes the wrong choice, like what if they end up like, I, I, I look at Texas, everyone said like Texas was too big to fail when Mac Brown left. Right. And then they hired Charlie strong. And like, they were, they were just every year. It was like, is Texas back? Like asking that question over and over and over again. I don't want to go through the years where you're sitting there wondering that. And Texas is still winning. Like your program still winning like eight games a year, nine games a year. Sometimes you have a down year, but you're just waiting for the, them to finally get back to prominence. Like, you need to have a flawless transition to the next guy who's going to take you past what Ryan Day is delivering you to this point. So that's why I think it's a big dilemma for me. And, and w- without that, I would probably say, yeah, move on from him. I would. But I, I'm I'm just fearful that as much as we say it's going to be easy to find that next coach and get more, are we sure about that? That that's I, I've, I've had to face that the last couple of days. Yeah, but that's called an appropriate fear. Like, like equal parts here for my, my being on the fence with Ryan day is we can't just look at his record and say, well, it doesn't matter. It does. Like he's lost. What is he? Three big 10 games and they're all to Michigan and it would be different. I would feel different if he had never beat Michigan in 2019, I might feel different, 
But what, see, to me, what you just showed was that's a rational fear because it's not just them, right? It was Miami firing Larry Coker, although that was kind of trending that way. It was USC seeing Pete Carroll go back to uh, the, the, uh, the, going back to the NFL. Like, look at the great runs in college football. And I think it's hubris to say, well, you know, Jim Trestle pretty much gave way to Urban and Urban gave way to Ryan Day. So how tough is it? This isn't Mark Helfrich. Okay, this isn't Chip Kelly at Oregon turning into the the bleep show that Oregon, and when I say bleep show, I mean, it's really taken them <laughs> until now to get back to where they were with Chip Kelly, some three or four coaches in almost a, a decade. So, like, I think what you just said is a rational fear. Like, that yeah. should be the fear. And I think there's this idea, and I, it happens in the well, NFL but, all the time. Yeah. It ha- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, 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 you're right. Like, it is a rational fear. But we kind of talked, we, we hit on it on Saturday a little bit, like, we everybody just assumes that it's if you move on from Ryan Day that the 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 answer is just walking through the door and it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies and like I'm saying I don't know if that's true like we even kind of hinted at that on Saturday like if you move on somebody else will be there and you'll be okay it's, it's Ohio State but I'm saying like we've seen program numerous programs you just listed off Oregon I mentioned Texas there's others out there that did take steps back when they moved on from a coach that was getting them close to that point. Well, and I think like I think there's this misconception that simply because there's going to be a lot of interest in the job and that almost anyone would take it, that that means you're going to hire the right guy. You know what I mean? Like I think just because you have a vast pool of candidates and you can speculate about Luke Fickle, and I, I think the Vrabel thing is a pipe dream. I just he hated recruiting when he was here. I I think he's an NFL guy, and I just think I think things might be over in Tennessee. But like it is, it's the same money, right? It's not less money. It's not more money. It's going to be the same money if he less if he stress, takes it probably. Uh, no, in college, way more uh, no, stress. No, no, no. no I'm oh. I'm saying at the NFL level, less yeah. stress. So like, let's say those first two guys don't go. Like, I, I just think if you're going to move on from Ryan Day, you better know when you're moving on from, or when you're moving on, who you're going to. Like, this isn't we're going to open up and we're just going to talk to everybody. It's, no, you better have the search done when Ryan Day's still in the building. And then if you can't get one of your top three guys, then don't do it. Like, it's that simple. And i got to be honest with you. I don't think anything would happen. Like, I think people wanted him fired today or tomorrow or sometime this week. I think when it could happen, and when I say not even a firing, a parting of ways could be – when, when once we find out next Sunday what happens, and then I think I think then you could put the wheels in motion. But even then, act covertly because if word gets out that Ryan Day is either going to be fired yeah. or could be fired, the portal's open. Like we're seeing it. I mean, I mean, you look at the amount of guys that today have had their head coach axed that are already in the portal. And I know you think, well, it's Ohio State. You can get no. Okay, it's not the the point is. You don't want the new coach to have to come in and immediately go Deion Sanders and dip 30 guys out of the portal while also trying to land his first recruiting class here. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's where all of a sudden you go from uh, 11 to 1 in the Big Ten this year to maybe having a step back here next year, which is needless. Yeah. Ohio State should reload. And I feel like if you, if you go there now, you're going to open up Pandora's box. And again, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means every time you think about turning things over, there is an incredible element of risk and the risk has to be worth it.
I also think too, the NIL stuff is important. Like it is part of the context of how these things, how the sausage is made on college football these days. But we also can't forget that at the root of all this, it is a relationship business, man. And like you talk about the town Ohio state's bringing in changing coaches. We all think it's just flaw, like seamless. Oh, next guy comes in. It's it's the, the, the recruits are still coming. But you don't know that. Like, if he doesn't put the right staff together, that's also going out and making and building the relationships and trying to convince the the players like this is the place for you. Then it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all just going to keep. You know, the Ohio State machine doesn't necessarily continue because of that. So, like I said, I I, I think based on this conversation, like it's a valid fear. Um, I agree with you. They shouldn't just fire him now. It, it's got to be sort of a wait and see type of approach. And I don't think it would happen now anyway. Um, to your point on if you got to kind of know who your candidates are, it's going to take you getting through bowl season to kind of know everything that would kind of be at your disposal. So I don't think it's necessarily even on the horizon. I also think it's interesting, Nick, we haven't heard a peep. Like not, like Pete Thamel hasn't mentioned anything. I would have thought like going into that game because they were there. I mean, he was reporting inside the, the big house on different coaches and, you know, the Texas A&M job and all this different stuff. There wasn't even a there was nothing mentioned about Ryan Day being on a hot seat or you yeah. know this game matters towards him his job secure like there was none of that. So I'm of the belief that he's probably just safe anyway for a lot of the context and reasoning that we put out there. Gene Smith retiring, 12 team playoff next year, he's going to make it anyway, like all these different things. But yeah, I mean, I I I think I'm I my stance on it is this. I would be. I am ready to move on from Ryan Day. Aside from the fact that I do worry about who you're bringing in next, because you just don't know if it's actually going to be as seamless as everybody's making it seem like it's going to be. Now we also have to play a snippet of today's <laughs> morning show. If you guys have not heard the Ken Carmen show with Anthony Lima, we're going to play a snippet, and Lima actually goes into detailed reasoning on why he thinks um, Ryan Day should be fired and why it's time to move on from him. And you can actually hear that on the uh, Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. But we just have to play a snippet of his shot at your boy, Nicky Dubs, Nick Wilson here from today's morning show with Ken and Anthony. He could talk about it from two to seven. It was not my call. I'm happy. I'm where both, my... By the way, where, where he and Nick Wilson will both agree on one thing, that Ryan Day's perfect for this rivalry. Because <laughs> Nick Wilson is somehow... <laughs> Continuing to defend Ryan Day. So you guys can have a Ryan Day love fest from 2 to 7. I'm sure the fans will appreciate that. He can talk about So, um, <laughs> shots fired. And and Anthony Lima, I called you out of my own show. I'll call you out here. Simply saying I'm not ready to fire Ryan Day isn't the same thing as a Ryan Day love fest. And I think I think I think what Lima is 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 the face of is spoiled Ohio State fans. And I, I like, I want you to have high standards. I'm not saying don't have high standards. What I'm saying is, when a guy has that record, and it's not even a thought for you to 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 fire the coach because, well, it's not good enough. I'll be honest with you. That's exactly the kind of thinking that gets every great school in trouble. And like, I think to me today, the most homeristic thing you can do is just open up a microphone, fart into it, and go, "Eh, fire Ryan Day." Oh, well, I don't like Ryan Day. He's not from Ohio. Like, I don't give a damn that he's not from Ohio. The guy's from New Hampshire. What, what, what bad, what badly, what bad, what, 
What can you say poorly against people from New Hampshire? I think we've had presidents from New Hampshire. And this idea that only Ohio people will understand. Nick Saban didn't go to Alabama. And, and but yet he walked in to Alabama and has done pretty damn good. And I get it. There's more struggle for Ryan Day the first four years on the job than there was for the first four years of Nick Saban. But that's not the point. All the Buckeyes fans, when Ryan Day got the job from Urban, were behind it and waved the banner. And then all of a sudden, you had to watch a coach learn on the job. And now, ah, too rich for my blood. The what? Nope, 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 no more first-time coaches. Well, here's the thing. You're already invested. You're already there. So stop being spoiled little babies. We are. It's okay. Just look in the mirror. Admit that you were spoiled little babies crying about an obscene, an, an obsessive amount of wealth here. You're not that far away from beating Michigan. And yes, Ryan Day probably has to adapt a little bit. But like, for all we know, we could be six weeks away from Ohio State, Michigan in the, in the national title game. I'm not expecting that to happen, no. but that could happen. And if Ryan Day beat them in the national title game, it would be the single biggest win in the history of the rivalry. A win greater than anything Jim Tressel did, which I feel dirty saying. A win bigger than anything Pope Urban did, and I feel dirty saying that. So I am, sim I am not Ryan Day apologist, Mr. Anthony Lima. No, I'm simply not a nut job who's just panicking two days off, to, off a loss that, while it ain't great, it's also not the most despicable loss in this rivalry, not even top 10, not even top 20. You're, you're the great Anthony Lima is being the biggest homer in the room, and I feel like I'm watching a hero die. <laughs> Watching my hero die. Oh man, he's he the man that taught me to be a little contrarian, and here we are. He even taught. He even took a shot of the the fine folks down at ninety seven one in Columbus. Who uh, ninety seven one the Homer? Yeah, that's. I think he called him ninety seven one the Homer. Like, good. oh man, I was like just catching strays for just being the Columbus sports station. No, I, I will say too. I think that's well said by you. And I think your point is well-founded on sort of where your stance is on all this. I actually thought, like, I thought the conversation him and Ken had on the morning show was interesting where they talked about how Ryan Day just maybe isn't bought into the, the Michigan rivalry the way that he says he is. I actually think they were wrong even about that. Like, I think that Ryan Day is bought in. I almost think he's, like, too bought in. Like, I understand when Urban was here and, like, Trestle was here, he made a point making the rivalry a thing. And when Urban was here, it was the same way. And there was talk that, like, Michigan just didn't care as much as Ohio State did, right? That was kind of the thing when they were winning uh, 14 out of 15 years or whatever it was. And then I think Harbaugh obviously kind of changed that. But, yeah, I mean, like, I actually think that Ryan Day cares so much. It's it's the same thing with the shot he took at Lou Holtz and the whole, like, how we we talked on this show about how he had to reiterate how much how tough his team was all the time. He kept saying it, it was his buzzword, toughness and and grit. Like those were the things he kept saying about his team. Um, and I think it's the same thing with this rivalry. Like every step of the way, he knows how much he's being judged by this rivalry and this matchup alone. And that Michigan is in his head. That he brings it up at every turn. How how invested they are in that game and how it's a constant thing and it's twenty four seven and. You know, the minutes after the game ends, you're already focused on the game for next year. Like all those different things, all those. He brings it up so much that I think it's it's evidence that they are in his head. And I think that shows itself on the field when he coaches against that team. We, I mean, we saw it on Saturday, Nick. Like him not going forward on fourth and one first drive. 
the the end of the half sequence, like just little moments, it shows that they are 100% in his head because I think he cares that much because he knows he has to care that much or else his job and his ass is on the line that it, it affects the way that he coaches. So I think it's the opposite. I, I think he does care, and I think he cares so much that he has let it fester and he's let it just balloon into this thing inside of him where now, like, he, I mean, he looked dejected after the game, rightfully so, but he, he looked absolutely dejected beside himself. Like, he had no answers for how he's going to beat this team and what was next for him. I think that I I think it's it's more so that he just has it set in his gut and in his mind that this game matters so much and he's let it get so big and in, in, in internally that it actually is a detriment to him. That that's what I believe. I think he's let Ohio State fans get into his head about it, and I I think it's pretty normal. I think it I think it's unbearable to live in Columbus and to be in Columbus and be at Ohio State when you've lost any amount of games to Michigan in a row. And I think, I think he feels the pressure of that, but I think that's him getting into his own head. And I think, I do think he needs to adapt a little bit. I think, I think he needs to embrace a little bit the Ohio state part of this and try and bring in Buckeyes to help teach the team. Like what, but like, I think it's the the same extension of, of like some of the entitlement with urban, like urban's teams, guys, they cared more about getting to the NFL than they did anything else. It's just that I think urban properly prioritized and made it a point to explain the Michigan rivalry that seems to be missing right well, now. Well, and if he didn't care, he might kick you. So, you, you know, you yeah, or, or goose you. <laughs> if you were a, a hot young co-ed, give a little Irby two digits as it were. <laughs> Can but I no. also go ahead? Go ahead. But, but like, I just, I, to like this idea of, oh, Ryan Day doesn't care enough about the rivalry. No, I just don't think he, he's going to emote the way you want him to. And every time he does, it's weird. Like when Ryan Day tries to show you some sort of emotion, it comes off like a, like a, like a 12 year old kid trying to emote for the very first time. Like, it's just not who he is. He's just, yeah. he's like, I, I hate to, I, we always make the Ryan Day, Kevin Stefanski things, but they're apt. Yeah. Like they, they, well, they're not guys that have that kind of, of emotion. They're just, that's yeah. not who they are. And you have to be okay with that because that's who he is. It gets weird when he tries to do the Lou Holtz thing and it gets weird. Like, you know, the born on third base thing, or like when he tries to like rub people's nose and poop, he does a bad job because it's just <laughs> not who he is. I, and I do think that was kind of Ken and Lima's point. Like they believe it's not who he is and that's why he's more of an NFL guy and that he's just posing as a, as a coach that cares. But, but I, I just, but that's also that that snobbish. Well, he's not yeah. from here. Yeah. Well, he yeah. actually, he actually coached on this staff twice as and, long as urban Meyer did, but w- that urban Meyer did as a grad assistant under Earl Bruce. And he actually yeah. was, was uh, the, the quarterbacks and an offensive coordinator coach twice as long. So he wasn't just some gopher for Earl Bruce, the 12th yeah. best Ohio state coach ever respectfully. Like I just, I, yeah. I, I gotta be honest. I, with you. I understand to some degree, the idea, the idea of Ohio state guy, Michigan man. I understand it. I also think it's a bunch of pretentious a-holes that I think are, it's, it's just another weapon to use against Ryan day. And I didn't hear that the first two yeah. years, the guy got the job. Last thing I'll say on this, because uh, the, the other thing I know Lima talked about was Ryan Day faking it, but also that he didn't think Ryan Day had the team believing they could win that game. And I actually disagree on that as well, because maybe the last two years it seemed that way, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll concede that, like where they just thought they were going to throw the footballs out and beat them because they had more talent. This year, 
it felt like they actually thought they they were going to beat them. Like the touchdown uh, late in the game, Travion Henderson scores the touchdown. And you could tell, like, they were showing him kind of in the backfield, and he looked laser-focused on, like, hey, this this is this drive is working. We're going to punch this thing in on the long drive um, that they ran it eight straight times to score. Like, I, I thought that the guys looked focused. I think you get reactions like Marvin Harrison Jr. at the end of the game where he's just kind of sitting there. I think the fact that Kyle McCord shakes off the early interception, has them marching down the field on another game potential game-winning drive like he did in Notre Dame, like, I think they did believe they were going to win. And I think they believed they were going to win on that drive. And if not for Donovan Jackson letting in a pass rusher, maybe they do. So I, I disagree on that as well. I think this year uh, of the three years that he's lost, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be that unfair to Ryan Day on that. I think he actually had him ready and believing. I actually want Ohio State to make the playoffs more this year than they did last year. And last year was a yeah, better team. I agree. CJ was the better quarterback. But this year – I would like some sort of immediate vindication because I think, and like it all depends on where you'd be ranked and all that. But like, I think you'd have a hell of a chance to to because I just yeah. don't think there's a great team. I don't think Georgia's great. I think they're incredibly talented, but like I don't think they're great. I don't think Michigan is great. I honestly I think Ohio State is on the same par as Michigan. I think the I think the the two teams out of the Pac-12 have been completely disrespected this whole time. But like yeah, beyond those five teams. Like Florida State, I even with Jordan Travis, I didn't think they were elite. Yeah. I think Texas is a good team. Without Quinn Ewers, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think Alabama, we saw in the Iron Bowl, they damn I mean, if not by they one lost. of the that was well, some no, of the worst. That was, some was the worst defense I've ever seen by that it was, quarterback it, for us. It was the moment, pass yeah. of a century by Jalen yeah. Milrow. So, yeah. like, I think there are five championship caliber teams in college football. Is but this, I think but I don't think this is TCU if Ohio State gets in. I don't think it's, you know, like, I, I don't think there are pay- – I, I think what you have to avoid is you can't let Michigan State in from a couple of years back. You can't let TCU in. Like, you can't yeah. let the paper tiger in this year. And that's why I think really bodes well for Ohio State if a couple things go their way. Is this the reason why the 12-team playoff will actually be like, – everyone's harping on how it's going to be a terrible thing and these games lose their, their luster. But is this actually a – thing a reason why it's going to be a good thing for the Ohio State Michigan rivalry because the team that like I I think it is the the idea that you get a chance to exact revenge maybe a week or a couple weeks later I think the 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 instant vindication actually adds to the intrigue of the rivalry to me because you don't now have to wait a year to find out you might find out a couple weeks later and it's like there's a motivational factor there I, to me that's intriguing I I know other people maybe disagree but I I love that about the fact that it's going to expand yeah, I think people in college football, like college football fans, are just bad at accepting change. Yeah, I well, think the like, is the way they it used to be. Is, yeah, is, and sometimes they're right, <laughs> but like it, you know, in the case of NIL, they're dead wrong. College football yeah. has never been more popular. Um, in the case of the transfer portal, they're wrong. Yes, it's hectic. Yes, it's changed the landscape and in some ways affected competitiveness. But like, I got to be honest with you, between the transfer portal and guys ha- being able to play until they're seventy. And and collect a pension from from their the college school that they play for. <laughs> I think we're actually seeing a more competitive landscape. So I I, I can't wait for the twelve team playoff. I wish it was this year. I really yeah, wish it agreed. was. I this I will be a perfect year for it because, like you said, there's not a yeah. great team this year. 
Well, and I think it, I think we wouldn't have to sweat the idea of well, should Alabama really be ahead of Texas, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. then it would be then it just wouldn't matter who was seven and who was eight, and then and then you could give Florida State a chance with uh, Rotomaker to to see what he can do. You could give uh, Texas with their backup a chance. So I, I'm looking forward to it, and I don't think it's going to make the college football playoff any less interesting. I don't think it's going to make rivalries any less interesting. So we have to continue on here. We obviously have the Michigan Panic Meter coming up. We also have Fourth and Short coming up. More conversations on the way. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. <laughs> 